Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, shaping leaders among leaders. Hey, gang. How you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. Good. Doing amazing. You, know, you know some of these guys in here, man. We got some, we got a couple project grads. We got some, uh, got some Squire program grads, and we got a whole bunch of just really good men. That's what we got going on right here, man. So thank you for taking the time to hang out with us for a little bit. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. What a, what a pleasure and an honor to be be amongst this crew. It's a bunch of good men. Uh, and that includes you, sir. Um, before we even jump into all this stuff, how are you? How's the wife? How's the kid? Family is great, man. Family yeah. is super, super solid. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. got a lot of exciting things um, going on, but um, yeah, the family is good. Good, man. Good. I'm we glad. turns, uh, Carter turns, we've, uh, Fifth, 14 next month. Wow. He was just 14 months. He's I know. 14 years old. Yeah. It's crazy. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And everybody on here knows how that goes, man. You know, it's, it's wild. It's so rad though. And it's so weird to have a human being that you can have right next to you that you're just like, oh my gosh, I love every single bit about you. And yeah. also I miss every single past version of who you used to be. I know it. Right. I know. Like, that's just, it's wild, man. And there's nothing else like it. So, so freaking cool, man. I love it. Glad to hear. We, uh, last time we got to hang out was, was in, uh, in North Carolina at the, at the Squire. I'm going to head back over and see Nick next week. Oh, cool. Um, Head back over there, man, and go see him. It's a, it's not too bad of a drive, man. So, um, it'll be good, but. Uh, he's such a stud. He is, man. He's such a good dude. He's going to come on with these guys too here later this month. Oh, uh, cool. Or in a little bit, man. So, um. You know, again, dude, I'm, I don't take your time lightly, and and I want to be able to get to the point where these guys are asking the questions that that they want. You know, it's um, I learn just as much by shutting my mouth every single week as these guys ask questions of all the ninjas we get to bring on. You know, and yourself included. So um, I know that's that's my role is to kind of set the stage and and then get out of the way. Um, you know, and this is a. Tim and I put this group together in the same way. You know, I know you you came on and crushed with our young men and you saw what, um, you know, we were doing with them and 12 months of projects and challenges and moving forward and, and leveling up and um, the weekly conversations. This is still very much the same thing. Um, and we've got two classes here with us today. So I imagine their questions are probably going to veer in one of two directions based on the month they're in. And it's in my head, it's like this perfect combination to have Matt Schneider hanging out with us because we've got we've got the guys that are talking about getting a, a, a chief definite aim for the year. Like, what is the one area that if I level up right here, I'm going to level up in all these areas. But what is the one area that if I really knock this part out of the park, it's going to it's going to move the needle the most. Right. And how does my daily schedule play into that time and energy management, right? Like how does that play into setting that up? So you got a group that's there and then the other group is focused on their wives this month. We're focused on our wives every month, but they are really diving into, uh, to taking it up to a next, you know, next level. And it's right up your alley. You've got stuff going on in that realm. So I want to talk about what you've got going on there um, and kind of dive into all that, man. So it's, it's the perfect, perfect combo. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. So do you um, mind what I kind of want to do is give the if anybody doesn't, I think most of these guys probably know who you are. But if not, I'd love to give the 30,000 foot overview, especially because we'll launch this as another podcast as well. And, you know, this goes out, gets six figure downloads, too. So I'd like everybody to get that kind of overview um, of 30,000 foot who you are and like what you do now, not necessarily even the way you came from, but like what, mm -hmm. what are the things you're crushing right now? Yeah, cool. So um First of all, I, it is truly a, a pleasure and honor to be amongst uh, this group. I mean, amongst men that are so intentional about, you know, understanding you're not where you want to be and that you want to become a better version of yourself uh, for yourself, your your um, wives, your families. It's cool, man. Power, uh, power proximity is is so uh, so real. But um, as far as what, a little bit about me, I come from a, a 
a SWAT law enforcement background, which is really relevant to like where I'm at today. Cause a lot of, a lot of what I do kind of stems from that, but, um, I'm the executive vice president and a co-owner of a global software company. We have a target valuation of hundred million dollars. Um, it's based out of Chandler, Arizona, but the, the team is, uh, stretches across three different countries, United States, Philippines, and, uh, Costa Rica. Um, so I, I see, oversee this quite a big operation. Uh, we're building it for an acquisition. Hopefully we're going to be acquired uh, when we cross that hundred million dollar mark hopefully in the next, you know, 18 months or so kind of the goal. Um, I'm also the, the founder of ignition year, uh, ignition year coaching. Um, we do executive level coaching for entrepreneurs, um, and help them scale from, you know, seven to eight figures and beyond. Um, we, um, I would do some investments. So one of the cool things about 20 minutes before this call was, uh, inking a deal with, um, with a, in a, um, like an equity fund based out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some luxury home um, uh, type of uh, projects that we're doing for ma- like high level masterminds. So um, got involved with that with some really cool people. Um, and then we're getting ready to roll out the um, ignition your kind of ignite your life couples um, community so that we got the event that goes in July and then um, is an online couples community really focus on health, wealth and relationships uh, leveling up to um, higher and higher levels together. Um, so those are the primary things uh, that I've got going on right now. Yeah. So you're, so you're hurting for something to do, man. You don't have a whole totally. lot going totally. on. So I I love every, I love every single bit of that. I'd be interested to talk and, and learn more about um, kind of the acquisition strategies as you guys are going forward too. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of this stuff is, is fascinating. And I, and I know the character um, that, that you bring to it and the honor and the integrity that you bring to it. Uh, as well. And are and are you still working on the project and Squire uh, program side too with B? Or are you going to take a break while you're doing all this stuff? What does that look like? Yeah. So we only could have so many irons in the fire at once. Yeah. So um, after three years and 15 project classes, and I think yeah. got up to 12 uh, Squire project, uh, Squire classes. Yeah. Um, took a step back from that. Just make yeah. sure because if everything's a priority, nothing is. So yeah, right. um, got some other big, big irons in the fire that are, uh, we're addressing. But yeah. So I'm on a hiatus there. Good for you, man. No, that's awesome. You know, it's, it was that old saying of, like you said, irons in the fires that if you're trying to catch, you know, five different rabbits, you're not going to catch, you know, you're not going to catch any of them. Um, kind totally. of deal. So I think that's a perfect segue into in a general sense, man, how do you do that on a day to day? Right. A lot of guys will hear that and go, okay, man, I've got one job. I've got one wife. I've got one kid. And I feel like I'm at my wits end, man. Like there's not enough, you know, it's the old ad, there's not enough hours in a day and there's not, right. Well, Matt Schneider has the same amount of hours as everybody on this call, as Matt Bodro does, as Elon Musk does, as, you know, my friend Patrick Bet David does as whatever, right. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? How are you in a general sense scheduling your days so that you're able to tackle and, and, and kind of cover all this stuff, but maintain the relationship with family and, and, uh, you know, your wife and your boy. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's several different factors. Um, there was a time in my life, you know, uh, several years ago where like it would have been a total foreign concept and I would have been just as puzzled as, as maybe some of, of you fellows are, but, um, you know, one of the main things is I learned to be polarizing. I learned the, the value of being polarizing in a way that if I, if I allow the wrong people to be in my network, if I allow the wrong people to have a seat at the table and to have influence of my life, um, then I would spend more time doing things that didn't matter. And I would use those same 24 hours in a day, um, in ways that didn't produce and weren't lending themselves to my goals, uh, my family's goals. And so I learned to be polarizing by pushing, by pushing people out, like editing relationships and, and no longer, you know, tolerating, um, uh, standards of expectations that um, weren't lending themselves to those goals. And then to, in the meantime, pulling, pulling people in. So as I push people out, I pull people in and, um, and that was really instrumental, you know, being polarizing is something that um, it has a way of when you introduce the right people in the equation, the answer to a lot of, a lot of issues and, and opportunities when we're trying to achieve more is not necessarily what, what can I do? It is who do I need to help me? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you have the right people 
at the seat, you know, the table and you're getting mentored by the right people and, um, and you're spending your, your time in the right places, you're able to collapse time. And so you're able to save a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of falling into pitfalls. And, and, um, when you have the right people surrounding you, they shine big, bright lights on the, the danger areas. Mm -hmm. Um, and they help you avoid the kinds of things that dramatically slow down achieving, uh, achieving various goals and, and making progress. So this collapsing of time by being around the right people, uh, and being the kind of person that is invited to these kinds of opportunities and, uh, in tables, you know, to be on calls like this and to be friends with you, Matt and, and Tim and so many of the others is, um, is having high standards and, and expectations of myself that even open up that opportunity uh, to begin with. So, um, you know, that's been a key one, the, the power of proximity and, um, editing relationships being polarizing. The other is, um, non-negotiables, you know, I, I have, I will do lists and I have, I will not do lists mm -hmm. and the things that are on both of the lists are non-negotiable, right? The, you know, um, back in the day, and you know, this isn't, this isn't that long ago. I mean, 2014, 2015 timeframe, I was, I was not where I wanted to be in life. I was not there in my health, my wealth, my relationships. I mean, I was in strained positions in all of them. And you know what it was, Matt, um, that, uh, that was the root cause of it. Ultimately, when, when I follow the golden thread is I had a track record of myself where I would make commitments to myself, make promises to myself mm. that I wouldn't keep. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I started taking myself less and less serious. Um, I stopped um, uh, having credibility with myself. And so, you know, nobody else was, was taking me serious right. either. And I was only hanging around other people that weren't taking themselves seriously. So, you know, as soon as I implemented non-negotiables in this to-do list, not to-do list, and um, and no longer making commitments to myself and other people that I either couldn't keep or, you know, wasn't able to keep or willing to keep, um, mm. that also dramatically collapsed time as well. So it's it's been a blend of a few things. Yeah, very much so. I, the, um, you know, that, that root of, of self-confidence of a man where he has credibility with himself, you know, I think is such an under, um, it's an under discussed concept, you know, in the, the first month for all of these guys, they dive in, we work with Todd Herman, um, of the alter ego effect, right. And he's a, he helped Kobe Bryant develop the mamba mentality, right. And, and mm -hmm. kind of stepping into this alter ego and stepping into this different version of yourself that shows up that you can, uh, that you can always count on, right. It is that credibility when you had a history of not believing yourself and not showing up for yourself. And you decided, look, man, I've got to get to that level of credibility where I trust myself. I know I'm the man that does what he says he's going to do. I'm setting these non-negotiables of what I have to do and what I will not freaking touch. How did you make the mindset shift? Was it the proximity to the other guys? And it was kind of a more as you know, caught than taught thing. We are like, these guys are not like, I need to just step into that role. Was there a, a you know, a, a proverbial rock bottom that, that sort of made the, that flipped the switch for you, right? Is there a thing that you can pinpoint for you? Or was it a combination of a number of things that made you step into that role of being somebody who is credible? Well, for me, it was more of like the rock bottom thing. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, there was, there was that point, you know, that 2014, 2015 timeframe where I was, I was on the verge of bankruptcy in all of the different ways. I mean, emotionally bankrupt, financially yeah. bankrupt. Um, the, I mean, our son was, gosh, how long would have been, would have been eight years ago. So whatever that math is, but like he was like, years. yeah, he was watching his parents like argue all the time, yeah. almost no connection. Yep. Um, and I mean, it, like I was processing through what is this, what is this going to look like when we're, we're co-parenting him. That's right. Great. And so I got, I got to a point where it just, I was sw swirling the toilet bowl and I mean, it was, I was the issue, but yeah. the, but when I was in that place, you know, I came from a broken home. So I came from a home where, you know, my mom left my biological father when I was three years old and he was a raging abusive alcoholic 
Um, and my mom just had this series of marriages and relationships that she, that she, um, cycled through. And so growing up in, in, you know, homes and always having these restarts, I never wanted that for my son. And I, and I determined at some point early on that I would never take the easy road. Like I would always choose hard over easy and not do what so many other people do, which is just throw the, the flag in yep. at the moment that things really start getting really tough. Yeah. And that's when I was in that place. I had a couple of options. I could have, I could have thrown the towel in and, um, and gone down that path. I could have filed, you know, the, the bankruptcy. I, I, I was qualified to follow the bankruptcy sure. financially. Sure. Um, I could have done that and didn't could have, you know, gone down the divorce route and didn't, um, could have just, you know, allowed my, I was two sixty five back then, you know, I'm 42 or 41 now be 42 in August. Um, and so, you know, I was 65 pounds overweight. That's nice. uh, I'm 195 now, you know, so yeah. I could have just leaned into taking the easy path and I didn't, but I, I was at, I was at a really low place and just decided I do have the power and control to change my circumstances. I do. And, and nobody can change them for me. So either I, you know, and I don't know if you can swear on this podcast, oh, but I unf myself yep. and, 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 and figure it out yep. or I can repeat history. I can repeat right. the cycle that I grew up in and I can do to my son, what my dad did to me. Mm. Um, and that, that just simply, that was not going to happen. And so I started going down the path and doing the work. I freaking love that, man. That in of itself is polarizing, right? Choosing that hard road and choosing multiple hard roads in and of itself ends up being polarizing because you push yeah. the people away that want the same old Matt, right? Because they feel safe. They feel comfortable with the old version of Matt too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I love what you said too, because at the end of the day, all account you had to decide at the end of the day, all accountability is self-accountability. All education is self-education. All growth is self-growth. Nobody else can give that to you. They can try, but you've got to accept it and freaking own it yeah. and move forward on that. And that yeah. in of itself is going to be one of those polarizing things. It's automatically going to push some of the wrong people away. It's automatically going to pull some of the right people into you, you know, and, and that's a big step, man. That's freaking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gentlemen, at any time, I want you guys to go ahead and put those put those up. Um, I have a million things that I can I can go down the road here with Matt, but I want you guys to join in on this conversation, please. Um, this is awesome. So, Mike, yeah, go ahead, sir. Jump in. Yeah. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. This is awesome. Um, so I've, I've been working on a project on and off for about five years, right? Um, law enforcement related, actually, but service as a software as it relates to some body cam footage, taking that information and applying it to the pulse of your department and developing training based on your actual department's needs based off the footage, right? Mm -hmm. I say all that to say we know that side of things, but we're not business guys, right? We don't know. We had a software guy that was helping us out and it just keeps falling and it keeps going on the shelf, but we know it's a good idea, right? But again, we're not, we don't have the entrepreneur side of things. We don't have the business side of things. When I take it off the shelf, where do I go with it? You know, we don't have money. We don't have the funds. We don't have, but we have the idea, right? And we know it's a good one because we keep coming back to it. So what would be, kind of advice for a next step. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's interesting, man. When my first business I started in 2013 was a special operations training company. You know, I'd, I'd been five years on SWAT, two years with U.S. Marshals Fugitive Team. And what I knew really well when I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug was, um, was tactics. And so I opened a tactics training company that was open to, you know, law enforcement, military, and civilian. I live in Idaho. Idaho is a very pro Second Amendment state. Um, so I, I knew the idea was good. Um, but when I told the department about it, they didn't take me seriously mm -hmm. and I presented it to them. And, you know, that's the first thing I'll tell you, man, is that in, in that community, in law enforcement community, it is you being here on this call is a total foreign concept to most of law enforcement and first responders, right? Personal development is a foreign concept to, uh, to folks in, in law enforcement. And then when you think about going down a path of entrepreneurism, and launching something, even if it's in the realm of, of law enforcement, that is like, you're going against a grain. So just thing number one is know that you're, you're going against a grain and you're not surrounded by a bunch of people who can quite compute what it is you're doing. I um, mean, that just takes a lot of resiliency. The second thing is, you know, it, the, 
you got to get it in front of the right people who are um, who are going to value what you're bringing by way of the problems that you're solving. And so whatever whatever ultimate problems and pain points that your thing solves, um, you want those people to see it. And it may not be obvious, right? Law enforcement might be your avatar by the people who are going to buy this. But if if um, the chief is hired by the mayor and the sheriff is an elected official, and they report to county commissioners and they report to you know city councils and they report to the people well then you want the decision makers to see it to understand this is how this is how we we better protect the community right and so this is a that, that's a really loaded big question and and you know i'd be happy to to connect with you on it from a law enforcement standpoint matt is a very successful entrepreneur and and has a lot to offer there as well um but you know the um you're you're going to need money to market. You are going to need money to to get it in the hands. But the short and sweet of it is, Mike, um, figure out who your avatar is that needs to see it first to give it some traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out who that avatar is. Um, figure out where that avatar hangs out, and then go to that place. Right? What? Where are they at on social media? Where are they at at events? Where are they at on you know blog you know um, websites and stuff? And then go and and put it in front of them, but in a way that you are highlighting the pain points and the problems it solves that speaks to the avatar, right? Then ultimately the people will be, will, will be advocates for it and they will push departments to adopt these things. It took me, it took me six months to get the U S marshal's office to train at our facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it took me a year to get the sheriff's office Two agencies I was with, like I was a part of were the, like the holdouts. Um, it, it's just a, it's a unique challenge of, of, um, of, you know, the industry that you're in. Um, but again, happy to connect with you more and answer questions offline about that, but, um, it's the, some initial insights. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, that's very cool. That's a great question, Mike. And as we get, you know, as you guys go more, uh, down the path, as we're looking at the different affiliates too, there's different verticals. Um, in that, and that may be an interesting, that may be an interesting vertical, you know, and so some of these guys are going to go forward and continue to coach other men, other young men. Um, some of these guys are going to launch K through 12, like what we're doing at Apogee Cedar Park, um, you know, in, in, uh, in Texas. Um, so there's, there's a number of obstacles in there. So, which is great. Uh, and, and speaking of education, entrepreneurs and studs, Mr. Michael Stack, go ahead, sir. Thank you, sir. So um, I love what you're saying. Um, and, re, you know, really digging your, your entire kind of that opening pitch. My question is also in regards to software. So I'm an expert in the workplace injury management space, workers' compensation, OSHA compliance. I've developed uh, a piece of software, which I'm launching now. <clears throat> I've got my first customers on there uh, doing some beta testing. We're, we're ramping them up. We're getting them going. It's going very well. I expect the pro- the software to scale. Um, my question for you is, as you're scaling a software company, thinking about next steps. Right now, I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. Mm-hmm. Working with software development company. I know enough about software development to be dangerous, to be involved in it, but to also work with the software team, but to make sure that it's going right, so that we execute well. <clears throat> and as we're bringing customers on, I'm the customer service rep as well. I'm going to be selling through channel partners. Um, my question for you is just thinking about next steps of scaling beyond Michael Stack, expert, you know, person that's supporting everyone, is that's not a sustainable model for 100, 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 customers. You know, that model, just kind of high level thinking about that, preparing, putting my kind of mind and head around that. Yeah, dude. Um... No, you, you, you absolutely cannot do it all. Um, we have, you know, um, people who use software have n- n- almost no idea what it takes to build it. Right. And, and when they want something to be done, um, they, they don't understand how long it takes and they don't understand how complex it is. Um, and you know, when it comes to addressing, you know, bugs and, 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 um, you know, rolling different features out there's there's a lot that goes to it and what you will risk if you try to scale too quickly before you have the infrastructure in place is 
um, this thing falling flat on its face and people abandoning it. And then your, your, um, MRR and your AR just go, they, they evaporate. Right. And then your valuation evaporates. So what I would tell you is like, we would say in, you know, in, um, in the SWAT team is slow, is smooth and smooth is fast. Uh, get your proof of concept done, get your, get your, um, uh, initial round of feedback and, um, you know, get whatever out of beta testing that you can. And then, um, and then I would, you need funding. So you're going to need to be prepared to shave off some equity and get some, some decent funding in to be able to get your, uh, your team in place. Um, because as you're, as you scale it, you, you put, you know, you obviously get a lot of weight on, um, on the, your servers, and then you need to expand servers and you need to expand support teams. And then you expand your, um, engineering teams and devs. And so, um, I would just get enough clients on the system to get a proof of concept, get, show that you can, you can generate revenue. And, um, and then I would start, I would start you like your, have you gone to any kind of rounds of funding or any series funding? No. Out? No, I haven't. It's all uh, privately funded, you know, to this point. And, and yeah. my thought, um, you know, I would have a preference to not take funding and, you know, basically bootstrap to bring on customers. You know, I'm making the sales. I'm bringing in the revenue uh, to be able to generate it, you know, and the clients that are on it are being successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my thought, my kind of ideal, ideal plan, and not that this would work out, but is basically fund it through sales, you know, fund it mm-hmm. through revenue. Um, you know, build it. We've got the initial platform now. As you said, get us. I like your quote there. Smooth as fast, or whatever you said oh, there. Smooth as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep it. Just keep it steady and add clients. I'm not even really telling a lot of people on it. I've got a, a following in the space that a couple of clients that I know well are, are coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just kind of adding them a little bit slowly and making sure everything's working, and then you know, kind of scaling it out from there. Um, so, I guess. We'll see, you know, we'll see if I need funding or not, but, but I think you're right in regard to the team. And that's what my thought is, is also, what does that team look like? Is it customer support first? Is it uh, sales and marketing first? Is it development support first? You know, that, that type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you, that's, you need it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to take yes. it to market, you need it all. You need, you need, um, you need to be sitting in the visionary seat, basically of the company to where you understand where you want to take this software a year a uh, year or so out at any given time. And then, um, and then be, be putting the chess pieces in place there all while you have the rest of the team that is doing the builds, they're handling the, the customer service or troubleshooting things or interacting with your clients, getting feedback, you know, your net promoter score is going to be really important, you know, understanding what your NPS is and, and, and monitoring that, um, you know, you can be, you can be when it comes to software and, you know, you can get a 15, 17 X, 20 X factor in the right market, um, in software and, you know, they can scale very, very quickly. So, um, you know, the answer in business is almost, you know, almost always, who do I need? Not what do I need to do right now? You're wearing all the hats and you need, um, you're going to need people You, you yeah. just, just shave off some, some equity, get some funding, um, get the team in place. And then, collapse the time it's going to take to get you to be able to build the feature sets that are going to interest the big, like the big fish that are going to have a lot of demands. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I appreciate your feedback. Yeah. You're welcome. Beautiful. Good question, Mikey. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing great, sir. Um, first off, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, my, my question is pretty simple. I'd love to hear uh, about some of the tools you use for scheduling and 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 how you kind of work through your time because as somebody who has so many things going on and you're also balancing I heard you had you you have a son wife mm-hmm. all those things that come into it uh, you know that was something I struggle with is trying to get everything lined up so I'm paying attention to what I'm supposed to be in in the right you know block of time or whatever that case may be however that looked and I'd love to hear about some of the tools that you use to kind of help you with that because you got a lot going on obviously yeah i do you know and i i don't like i don't do anything super ninja and fancy i mean i have a point now where i have a, i do have a, a an assistant so i have a you know a personal executive assistant who handles all of my my calendar related stuff but what i will tell you one of the tricks earlier on was is um is loading your calendar up from from start to finish and understand that that um, 
if you if you are allocating time to the right things um, at the right times, you will get way more done and experience way more freedom as a result. So some people feel like if they're if if they are have something blocked at, at every point in the day that um, they, they feel like they're being handcuffed to um, to the calendar when it's actually the opposite of it. Um, you guys, you guys ever seen that, like that analogy, like the rocks, the, um, mm. the stones, the pebbles, the sand and the water, you know, and they talk about how, if you put things in the wrong order, you don't get the big stuff in, um, build out a calendar, your, your daily calendar with what your, your, your non-negotiable priorities are. Like, what are the things that you will get done? Uh, my alarm goes off at every morning at four 30 in the morning. And my wife and I, we get up. We have a routine. We we um, we'll drink our coffee. We'll we'll read. Right now we're reading the Daily Stoic, and um, and so we'll get some reading in, and then we um, and then we go to the gym. Our our um, gym time starts at six a.m. and that goes until seven because we go to uh, Orange Theory, so it's an hour long deal. Then we're home by seven fifteen. Like we we have our blocks done and dialed in all throughout the day. Our date night is every Wednesday, um, and you know we we plug in in advance where we're going. Um, my assistant does it now, but prior to that, we would, we would pre-establish it, but we don't have any like ninja tools. It's just a matter of recognizing if you don't have your time blocked in with something, then you're going to fill it with stuff that doesn't matter. So be intentional about your schedule. And then also know this, don't seek balance in your life. You know, you hear people talking about work-life balance and what they're looking for is work-life balance. Guys, what I'll tell you is what balance represents is, is even across the board, right? You're not going up or going down. You're just at a, that neutral place. Um, that's not what we're about, right? You guys are in this program for a reason that is to elevate and to step into um, better and better versions of yourself. So don't look for um, balance, look for a mix. And what you're, what you're looking to do is have a mix of personal and professional all throughout the day at the times that make sense. And then when you're doing those things, Jason, I'll tell you that the number one thing is just to go all in on that thing. Like mm -hmm. right now, I don't have anything else going on right now. You know, I don't, my wife and son are somewhere around the house, but right now you guys are getting 100% of what I have to offer. And then when this call ends, my family gets 100% of me at that point. Right. And so I, it's just a matter of transitioning, but the, the mix part is going from one to the other, but when you're in, you're all in, like you're not one foot in one foot out. Um, and then just being strategic about what you say yes to and what you say no to, like say no to shit that doesn't matter. Say no to the things that, that don't lend you to, um, moving closer to your goals. Say, say no to anything. That's a distraction, anything that's a flash in the plan or a shiny object. Um, and just be super focused on what it is that you want to achieve. And when you want to achieve it by and only say yes to the things that, that get you closer to it. That's, that's been my, that's my old trick up my sleeve. What do you think, Jay? That's awesome. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time. And then thanks for answering my question. That was great. Oh, man. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the ultimate, the ultimate time hack is understanding you're the, you're the one in control of that. Right. It's you uh, going, like Matt says, going all in. It's why we do the alter ego first so that you can flip from this man to this man. You can go from this call where you're pouring in 100% here, and then you can go be the guy that needs to be the husband and the father, and you can go switch and you can pour it in. Another thing that Matt said that was, you know, just it's full of wisdom. And if I hope you, I hope you catch this and we can work on this, is the energy management around this too, right? You've got your time blocks. But a lot of times what we uh, end up doing is we just, we throw things in, but we're not intentional about what part of the day we throw them in. We get happy with, okay, I'm going to get things one through 10 done during the day. Well, if that number one thing, the biggest priority thing, you're scheduling at a time of your day where you've got no more energy left, you're toast, you're going to be less efficient on that too. And, and um, you know, Craig Ballantyne is um, one of the guys that, that really shook that up for me. He's like, what do you do? You know, we talk about my morning routine. He's like, why are you not getting up and getting straight to the thing that matters most? Like, mm -hmm. why are you not wait? Do you have energy in the morning? I'm like, yeah, shit, I'm dialed in in the morning. And he's like, then that should be your thing right there. Whatever the most important thing is, get it done right there. Cause you've got the most energy to do it. Yeah. That's it's that intentionality matters, man. Totally matters, matters greatly. G go ahead, sir. 
Hey, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, uh, I actually wanted to dive in a little bit to the, like, on the family side of things and marriage side of things, because that's kind of the topic we're on right now in class one. Uh, I wanted to know, what are some of the non-negotiables that you have with regards to your wife mm. uh, and even your son, right? Like, what are some things that you're like, hey, th this is going to happen because this this moves the needle forward in mm. those relationships, um, just so that we can kind of get some perspective on that? Yeah, what what a what a cool question, man. Mm. So, you know, we do we do a tremendous amount of things together, um, and we wouldn't have it any other way. You know, when it comes to like my wife is part of the software company. Her office is across the the hall from me. Um, you know, when I meet with with uh, on you know on the um, other side on the dictionary side um, on. Monday mornings when my assistant and the director of community success comes over, my wife is part of the meetings. We do a lot of business and a lot of life together. But one of our non-negotiables is um, when we, we we don't we don't talk business when when it's family time, mm -hmm. right? And so we make sure that that we put things in their place and we we don't allow for um, this um, this environment where we forget that we are mothers and fathers and husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we're very intentional about that. Um, the other thing is, is date night. So we, we have a non-negotiable date night and guys, if you're not doing that, you have got to, to do that. You've got to date your wife. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when we go on date night is every Wednesday at six thirty PM. Um, I can, I can tell you, Right now, if I pull my calendar up, where we're going to be tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. And if you guys are local, you're welcome to, to uh, be in the restaurant, but not sit with us because it's date night. That's right. Um, and so uh, we, we go on date night and we, we have conversations and we talk and we, um, we just connect. And that is something that both of us look forward to. And one of the coolest things about it, guys, is our son knows when date night is. And he will ask us where we're going for date night. And... Um, and you know, just, uh, the one thing that I will do is lose track of the days. And so yesterday, our son, he's, he's going to, um, a friend's house that, uh, they're hosting a, like the horse derby party, I guess like the, the derby thing is coming up. I don't, okay. I don't watch it, but he's going to that and he's got to dress up for it. It's like a real formal thing. The girls go wear the hats. He's got to be all buttoned up. And so he's talking about how he says, um, Thursday, um, uh, mom and I are going to get, get clothes for it. And I said, well, what about, um, why not Thursday? We also have, um, we also have, or no, he said, he said in a couple of days, I don't know what he said, but I'm like, what, what about Wednesday? And he's like, well, it's date night. And I'm like, that's date night. And I love that yeah. about him. I love the fact that he knows it's date night and he loves that we go on date night. Um, because we are, I, I am very intentional about, um, raising my son in a way that, that, um, I want to be the man, the kind of man that he grows up to be, right? I want him to date his wife. I want him to know what it's like to be in a healthy relationship. And so um, those are those are some of our our non-negotiables. Other than that, you know, we um we really ensure that we support each other and that we understand what each other's zones of genius is. We understand what each other's goals and priorities are, and that we are leveraging each other's zones of genius to support each other in um in the goals. My wife and I are very different by the way. I'm I'm the entrepreneur. And I'm the, like the driving force and, um, and she's like this amazing pit crew, uh, if I were to be in, you know, a NASCAR driver. And, um, and so we're intentional about honoring each other's roles and responsibilities, um, in the relationship, both on the personal and professional side. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that, man. Thank you. Uh, that's yeah. a great one, especially with the, I, I like what you said about, uh, how you and your wife have that non-negotiable of, you know, not talking business, especially when you guys are working together. Mm -hmm. uh, and that how you guys are intentional about doing life together all that was was great man thank you so much yeah yeah you're welcome and how did you bring and eric i'm not i'm not dismissing you sir i've definitely got your question here i just i want to um follow that up how did you bring because before we um you know before we we exit the interview today i want to talk about what you're doing with this marriage conference and what we got going forward and so you know you stepped into this credibility by being the man that yeah you guys could have gone down to the divorce route but you decided to pull you guys out of that right and now you're in this place where you have these non-negotiables we've got the weekly date night um, she's a part of that business and I, I love every bit of that how did you pull her out you became the guy that was credible how did you pull her 
out of that hole that you guys were in together to mm. where you are now, right? Like what were those kind of conversations? What did that look like? Well, dude, you know, my, my wife was never the reason why we were in the hole. Yeah. My wife was never the reason why we were in such a bad place. I mean, my wife literally has been like the best support system you yeah. could imagine and you could ask for um, throughout. And unfortunately, because of the low standards of expectations I had for myself, I knew in like in my core, I knew I was capable of more, mm -hmm. but I was also allowing myself to not follow through with the commitments that that I was making and, and not not do the things that I, I knew I should be doing. And as a byproduct of that I was pulling my wife and son down. Mm -hmm. And I was reducing her potential. And I was exposing my son to things that, um, you know, environments that, that he shouldn't have been And guys, you know, money is a vehicle to freedom, right? When we when we lack financial resources, we lack all kinds of opportunity. And I was denying my my wife and son, all kinds of opportunity, because we just financially couldn't have afforded it at that time. And so, you know, to answer your question, Matt, is, is as soon as I like stopped being the shit bag, and yeah. I just I started stepping into being like an actual husband that was a protector and a provider and a leader and um, was acting in a way that I want my son to see me in the in in a way that he knows what what a husband and a father looks like. They, they just they were primed and ready to go. My wife just she, there was no lag time. She was just yep. always there, and I just had to quit being the bottleneck and um and you know having such a low low ceiling and you know and and that's why I'm like I continue to progress and she continues to be to be right there and um continues to do what she really shines at which is just support um you know fill in wherever she can within her zone of genius and um and just making sure that we understand how we can support each other in our goals and priorities and um and just being very intentional about that so good man i could headbutt the freaking computer that is the <laughs> that is the design man that's it you know tim and i were just in new york a couple weeks ago and and um we were sitting down and having a we we're sitting down and having breakfast and and we were talking and we just started the conversation with good men is always different too right i mean, after the squire program right we all went out to eat and and everybody's hanging out and start talking about like hey what do we need to forgive our dads about, right? Like, that's what we're just talking about. Like, that's what needed to be discussed. So like, let's talk mm -hmm. through that. Let's make sure we're using this time wisely. we got good men around us. Let's have a great conversation, right? Conversations are always intentional with good men. And, and mm -hmm. Tim and I were sitting there and it was like, Hey man, let's, let's dive, let's dive into whatever the hardest parts of, of our marriage were. And, and uh, how did we get through that? And that's what we ended up talking about is the fact that man, the wives, the kids, they're always ready to go. As long as we'll lead. That is the design. That's yeah, not yeah, and if I, I could just expand on that. I know Eric, Eric Brothers, I, I love you, dude. You, yeah. I can't wait to hear whatever you <laughs> have to say. But, <laughs> yeah, we're not um, dismissing Eric. We're saving the best for the end. Saving the best. But if I could just expand on that, because there's a couple of things, guys, and, and if I can encourage you to do this, and this is not, I, I think as men, we battle with this, but I, I'm telling you this, um, this absolutely neuters us from our full potential, and some of you guys may be in this place where you like, you know, you're capable of more. That's why you're in this program. That's why you're on this call. That's why you're being so intentional about it. But Matt, to your point, there's a couple of things that, that must be addressed. And thing number one is we all have issues that we have dealt with, right? Traumas that we've been exposed to, um, circumstances that have just, you know, really been problematic to us mentally and emotionally. And as men, what we do is we, we bottle that shit up inside and we, we pack it as small and as tightly as we can. And then we shove it into the deepest, darkest parts of our brain. And we try to never bring it out again. And guys, what I'm telling you uh, happens, and this is after, you know, 15 classes of the project, and you guys aren't familiar with the project, look it up and you'll, you'll see um, what's, what's involved there, but we do something called the hunt destroy exercise and, and Eric, Eric knows he went through it, but, um, when, when we have undealt with trauma and undealt with things, and even if you don't even think it's that big of a deal, I can promise you it likely is much, much bigger than you, than you realize. But when we just pack stuff away and we try to pretend like it doesn't exist, um, it's there and, and it has a way of influencing the way in which you see the world, the way in which you see relationships, the way in which you interact with the world, the lens that you look through, 
it has a way of making people passive aggressive and um, and just absolutely neutering you, what you're truly capable of. You got to bring it out and you've got to deal with it. Yep. Um, the, the sooner you do that, the sooner you become vulnerable and be willing to talk about it, A, the sooner you'll realize you're not alone. If you were molested as a child, if you were exposed to abuse, sexual, mental, physical abuse, if you were exposed to you know, um, being neglected or whatever. And so now you have abandonment issues or you have trust issues or whatever you're, you are not alone. The, I think the stats like one in four guys are, are sexually abused or, or molested some crazy stat like that, which means that there's several guys in this call that, that likely have experienced, right? If, if you don't deal with those kinds of things, your your the health of your marriage and the health of your relationship with your kids will never be as whole as it can be. So that's the number one is, is pull that stuff out and deal with it you'll realize it's not as big of a deal as you think it is that you're not, nobody's going to look at you. Like you got a dick grown out of your forehead and like, you're this weirdo. You, you'll realize that you're, you're not alone. And that is a really freeing experience and a way for you to feel like something that's been a mountain in your life is just nothing more than a little molehill, right? It's nothing more than a little speed bump. Um, and when you do that, it leads to Matt's other point, which is having real conversations as guys, we are, uh, amazing at having superficial conversations and talking about the NFL draft or talking about, you know, the weather or talking about, you know, shit that really isn't, isn't like of, of any significance. And, and if those are the kinds of conversations that you're having on a regular basis, you're, you're not having the kind of conversations that are, that are helping you grow and, and evolve and develop, hang around people and have the kind of conversations that really get to root um, issues of problems that then you can have conversations about root solutions that help, help with growth. These, these conversations that Matt's talking about, I mean, you will leave them and you will just feel super fired up. But again, you got to be at the table with the right people and you've got to earn your seat there by doing the work in advance. That's exactly right. So freaking powerful, man. God, so good. Um, we're just going to skip Eric. No, Eric, Mr. Brothers, how are you, sir? <laughs> Every day is a great day. Um, so thank you so much for your time. I always get fired up when uh, when I hear you speak. So before, I'm always on the personal level. And, and as you know, I'm, I'm very, very intentional when it comes to my son. Yeah. So that being said, you had spoken about um, you know being polarizing and pulling people in and pushing people out. And um, any advice or tools to do that when those people that need to be pushed out are family? Because I struggle with that because I have a bleeding heart per se. And I feel like my son needs those people in his life and I don't want to push them out. But then I'm like, they're not good. And how you would transition into once you polarize and push those people out to transition somebody else in to fill that role, because as a single dad, I can only do so much. Yeah, dude. Um, it's not, that's not an easy, that's not an easy thing. Um, that's, that's the, the bottom line. It, you know, Three weeks ago, I blocked my my mom on all all formats of social media. Um, prior to that, I had gone into the settings and excluded her from being able to see the social media. Now, my mom is a is a she's a great lady um, in a lot of different ways. But my mom is currently on her eighth marriage at this point, and you know she had a revolving door of men come and go her entire life. And as you guys can imagine, like we are all byproducts of the way we're raised, right? As, as dads, we're thinking about the environments we put our kids in because that is shaping our kids. And I have, because I've dealt with my shit and because I have, I have unpacked it and, and, and talked to the right people about it and, and no longer, you know, treated as this, this monster in the room that I would look at, but, but dealt with it. And I can talk about it in public environments. I can talk about it amongst, you know, men I've never met before, because now it's a, it's something that I use as, as a form of reminding myself where I came from and to inspire other people who might be inspired by it. And so if, you know, if, if, if you guys, any of you guys happen to follow me on social media, you'll know, I, I am an open book. One of the things that I learned to become over time with enough, you know, development is to be authentic. Like there was a time in my life where I pretended to be one person and I would, and I would actually be somebody else. Right. When I was a young entrepreneur and, 
and we were losing way more money than we were making. And, and we were sw- uh, swirling the toilet bowl in my marriage and my finances and, and everything. People would say, how, how are things? I'd be like, oh, dude, things are awesome. How's business? Bi- let me tell you, being an entrepreneur is amazing. Like it's everything people say is, it's supposed to be, right? And I was, I was saying one thing, knowing inside it was complete bullshit. And, but my wife knew the, rea- the reality of it. My son knew the reality of it. And I was putting on this front and I was trying to take that fake it till you make it approach. Okay. So first of all, the fake it to make it approach it doesn't real. All that is, is faking it is you not being authentic and you not being real. You've got to be aligned with who you really are and you got to own your shit. And so as soon as I learned to be authentic, um, I, I learned that my story is not going to resonate with everybody and it may push some people away, but it will, and it has pull other people in. So that being said, and Eric, I'm, I'm, I promise I'm answering a question. I, I talk about this on social and I talk about the, the, the abuse. I talk about the, um, the constant restarts and, you know, the, the marriage of my mom. So I, I, I did a post, you know, not too long ago talking about my mom's on her eighth marriage. Um, and how I chose not to repeat the cycle and, and the whole thing. Well, I get a text message from my mom and says, Hey, do you have any idea how humiliating that is? And keep in mind, this was already after I had heard from her on things. And so I had, I had intentionally like said it so that she wouldn't see it and her eighth husband wouldn't see it. And, um, but she's now retired and she's, she's retired because I have retired her. So she, I, I sent her money every month to allow her to retire. You know what I retired her from guys. You'll get a kick out of this. Uh, she was a marriage counselor. No okay. way. <laughs> so, you know, they say so those people who can't do teach, wow. but so I, I post on these things and, and I do it to inspire. Now my mom says, do you have any idea who, how humiliating that is? It, and I said, mom, look at the comments. Take a look at all the comments and all of them are people thanking me for sharing the story and how, how that's helped them and, and how they appreciate the authenticity and how there's so many fake people out there living fake lives and, and they just appreciate it. And I said, look, nobody has any, nobody gives a shit about you. Nobody's saying anything about you. Um, I said, read the comments. And she keeps firing back and firing back. And so I said, mom, look, I choose to do this and, 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 and say these things because this is authentic to my story. This is, this is my story. And it is my story because of the way in which I was brought up, but I choose to use it for good and not to embarrass you. I don't, I didn't tag her. Nobody knows her name. Uh, and, um, and she kept going on about it. So I blocked her. All of the things are blocked. Now she lives five minutes from me and guys, I probably see her once every, every three, four months for, you know, there's a family gathering of sorts and, um, and we're very cordial. Like she's, she, she, she hates the re- the relationship is the way it is. But Eric, you've got to be, you've, you've got to understand um, who is adding drama and toxicity and problems into your life and who is adding value and joy and fulfillment into your life. And you've heard that saying before, blood is thicker than water. And that is one of the most misunderstood things and sayings out there. The full thing about it is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. I have guys uh, that I was with the, the sheriff's office with and, and the, um, the SWAT team with that we experienced things that we have such a deep bond because we went through that it is it is a deeper bond than anybody I share DNA with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so the blood of the covenant is thicker in the water room. Don't think that just because you're family with somebody that you have to be exposed to their drama, their toxicity, the the problems that they introduce. If If that relationship introduces toxicity or problems in your life and is not aiding you in achieving your goals, that, that relationship must get edited and in some cases must get deleted. Um, and you know, that's not an easy thing. Uh, I'm not saying that it's, it it may give me the warm fuzzies to, to block my mom on social media. And we know that's like basically breaking up these days, right? Like Mm -hmm. it becomes real when you get like on social, it says you're now in a relationship or whatever, like now you're real. Um, but dude, it's, that's the long answer to a short question is you just got to do it. You got to know what your priorities are and who, who's there to support them and who's there to take from them. Thank you, Matt. Dang, right. Got it, brother. Bye. 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 Bye.
Mr. Winston, guys, we'll make these shorts because I want to make sure we honor Matt's time and I want to make sure we talk about uh, what he's got going on with the uh, with this upcoming event. Too. Mr. Williamson, go ahead. Hey, Matt, just a quick question to piggyback what you just said. So what if that relationship is stale, that, it, that it's not necessarily gaining, but it's not necessarily taking away? Mm. Can, can I ask, is this is this a relationship with your wife or is this outside of the family no no family not not my wife no okay okay um because that would that would definitely change the answer um if it's not adding but it's not it's not um taking away then you know i certainly wouldn't proactively like um set time aside to um to be closer with them right i mean if if they're people that are that um, after you leave it, you don't feel like your cup is fuller. Then, um, then for me, like I don't go out of my way to set up time, but I also won't avoid those people, and I and I won't, I won't actively like create distance either. Um, look, I like everybody has the opportunity to achieve whatever they want to achieve. Like all of us can sit in the driver's seat of our own life. We can pick up a pen and we can be the authors of our destiny. That that's, that's up to us. And, and I, I wish everybody would do it. And for people like that, Steve, I, I wish people would, would get out of this place of stagnation and in this kind of rut, but we can only like, we can wish in one hand and shit in the other. Right. You ever heard that saying? Like, they've got to do the work. They've got to do the work for themselves and they got to want it for themselves. If not, we love them from a distance. That's that's what I, I just what I was I mean I was just inquisitive to you know how staunch you were as far as uh hey well, I'm gonna keep you around or I'm gonna flat out cut you out. No, I no, I'm not a, like like I love people, dude. Like I, I I want the best for people and I only cut people out when when they are when they are liabilities or they're detractors and um and they they they're they do more. Uh, withdrawals of the relationship bank account than they do deposits right when when things get really out of balance those people um, don't meet the mark now like they've got to like ed Milet says like you know it's a thermostat right they've got to meet the mark like i have a high standard of expectations of myself first and then of the other people so they've got to come up to that standard uh, in order for me to to really spend the, the very limited time we have on this earth um, with those because I'm I'm very intentional about where I spend my time and who I spend it with and it's and it served me well and it serves um, all of the 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 most fulfilled joy joyful people that I know that's where I learned it from and so I'm passing that down to my son and um, sharing it with whoever wants to listen. Hey, right. Right on. Thank you. You're welcome. And okay for one more quick, one more quick one here, Mr. Speck, and then and then uh, we'll talk about the the conference. Yeah. All right. Thanks, hey, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is this has been phenomenal. You know, it's amazing how you know Matt Boudreaux, the Apogee program, how they find such amazing people to come speak with us. I'm here talking about all this awesome stuff in business that's just like really super valuable information for me then you're going over to the family relationship stuff you know it's like two completely different things and you're just like a master on all this so i appreciate you coming to uh to talk to us um i'm going to read things back to to the business and we're talking about that then started doing relationship stuff um i recently started working for a startup company and we specialize in artificial intelligence and nutrition and we just received some uh, grant funding from the National Science Foundation. And it's not a whole lot. So we're developing our technology further, creating our product. And one thing you know, we're thinking about doing further down the road is looking for investors and bringing on investors. So my question to you is, you know, at which, what's the best time? You know, at what stage do we actually go and seek investors? You know, seriously, like, is it risky to do it too early? Should we wait? That sort of thing. No, dude. You, so people love to throw money at you when you don't need it and they're nowhere to be found when you do. <laughs> right. And so the, um, the time when you're uh, on your, if you're on the upward trajectory and you're showing that you're growing, you're showing that you are, um, you're expanding, that is going to be what excites the, um, uh, potential investors or banks or angel, you know, uh, VCs. So, you know, it never hurts for you to get looked at, right? It never hurts for the conversation to be had, uh, to sign an NDA, show them, show them what you've got, show them where you're going and, um, and just have a discussion around it. And, you know, certainly if you start having multiple conversations, you can, you can get people to be bidding against each other. 
the worst time to be asking for money is when you're when you need it, right? So if you're if you, now you're seeing like you're going stagnant, uh, you've plateaued, um, or certainly you're going in a downward trajectory, that does nothing more than just introduce risk to to people who are going to be giving you the money, right? And and it's a it is a money play for an investor, like they're they're looking for an ROI, and so the 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 more risky it appears to them, the more expensive that money becomes for you, and so look for it early on. You don't have to take it. But it's always nice to know, um, you know, what people are willing to do. And then you and the team can have a conversation around it. The other thing I'll tell you real quick, Eric, is um, the team matters. So if, you know, if, if we're looking to invest in somebody and I just, I just invested, um, you know, like I said, prior to this call, just threw $25,000 at, um, at this project that I, that a guy approached me about and, um, and his team matters to me. Like who, who is advising him? What are their track records? What do they bring to the table? And so you and your team matter, make sure that you guys are being very intentional about, about putting together the right team and, um, and elevating that team, because that is that just as much as your product or your service is getting looked at. Um, and everybody agrees AI is the future, you know, and, but who, who, who is going to be managing that money and spending that money and what it's getting spent on that matters to investors. So just be very um, deliberate about, you know, the team and positioning the team appropriately as well. So good. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. welcome. All right. So before we let you go, man, I know, I know we got to honor the time, but I want to talk about what you've got going on with the marriage thing. So what can we, what can we learn here too? And what can we share with everybody about what you guys are doing? Cause this is pretty freaking rad. Yeah, man. So it's cool. We, we, um, we're starting a, a community, a couples community, and it's focused on couples who are in a healthy place in their marriage. Um, because this is not a marriage counseling thing. This is not a place where we, you know, we um we don't like know how to get people who are in a bad place to a good place per se, sure, right? Sure. But people who are who are actively married, like you're building life together, you're building a future together, building a family together, you're building, you know, wealth and and you're doing life together and your spouse is the one person that you chose and the one person that that chose you right that's that one person your kids didn't choose you and you didn't even choose your kids right you chose maybe when to have kids maybe but you didn't choose um that kid um and and so your spouse is like the one human that you that you approach and like yes let's do this thing called life together and and they they're alongside with you so our our community is very intentional about building um, building life together and accomplishing more together and learning how to, um, you know, establish goals, priorities, and ensure that, that as you are growing, if you, if one of you is growing, one of you is not like, if you guys are all doing this program, but your wife is not doing anything, the risk to that is there's stag there, there's stagnation on their part, right. And there's elevation on yours. And at some point there can be so many degrees of, uh, of, of difference between you two that you unintentionally leave them behind and they unintentionally um, find themselves getting resentful of you because now you're accomplishing more and, and they feel like they're being dropped, right? So you've got to be very intentional about this mutual uh, growth and development that's happening. And that's what this, this program is, is uh, designed to do. It's launching in July with an event. It's called the Ignite Your Life Experience. And it's in Boise, Idaho. Matt, thank you for, for letting me pitch it. Yes, um, and it's a couples event. It's, uh, you know, day one on the 13th, July 13th, we're going whitewater rafting um, down, you know, Idaho's famous Payette River. And then, um, and then we are, uh, we have a, uh, I've got a close friend that's, um, that's, she's part of the second largest diamond broker in the world. And, and they're opening up their diamond shop to us to do a private VIP mixer in it. Nice. Um, and then day two, we have a mastermind. I've got incredible speakers coming. I don't know if Ray Care has been on on uh, this yet, but um, uh, he hasn't been on with the men yet. He yeah, we will. Yeah. Ray cash care, former Navy SEAL. Yeah. So we're doing an AM morning workout with the Navy SEAL Ray cash care. Um, and then the mastermind with some incredible speakers. And then we're topping it off. I rented the entire, entire top level of top golf from end to end. And we're doing a, um, a private after party. And so it's, it's, it's oriented around the couples and intentional around the couples. And that launches into our online a couple's community to learn, grow, and connect together while also networking with other couples who are very intentional about uh, leveling up in their relationships as well. Super exciting, man. 
Super exciting. Um, yeah. and I want to, and I'll, you know, we're going to, I want to link all that stuff in the show notes too, as that goes out. But, um, you know, and I want to connect and, and I know you've got a million things going with this too, but I want to connect, um, at some point and talk about, you know, how maybe the Apogee Strong Foundation can help, um, with this too. And, you know, there's, there's gotta be amazing over here too, man. So this, you know, this, just like we partner with Squire and partner, like yeah. there's, you know, we want to partner with the organizations that are doing it right with the people that we know are doing it right, man. And that's definitely you and, and your family, man. So that's awesome. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. We're in whatever, whatever we're in. So um, cool. it, the, it's the feeling is absolutely mutual, dude. I appreciate it. So cool. Oh, thank you, brother. I know we're a few minutes over time, but thank you for that. Thank you for your time on here. Uh, I'm going to walk these guys through debrief and, and, um, but again, we'll touch base on things and um, whatever we can do to continue to support, man, you know, you got the number, man. Any, yeah. Any, awesome. Awesome. Any. Well, Matt, thank you so much for having me and fellas. Thank you for, for coming. Thank you for being a part of this. And from one man to another, one husband to another, um, guys, I really appreciate the world needs more men like you, more guys that are intentional about leveling up and uh, stepping into their fullest potential. And so, um, I, I, I'm honored to be, to be on tonight and, uh, have a conversation. So thanks again for the questions, fellas. If there's anything I do for you, let me know. But, uh, Matt, you are the man, dude. Um, We'll be in touch, Dad. Can't wait. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. You're welcome. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11. Shaping leaders among leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.